I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hi, you're listening to Fashion Unzipped. I'm your host, Charlie Gowns Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. Our episode today is a new instalment in our Day in the Life series. The way that we shop has changed a lot over the last few years. As the conversation around fashion's sustainability problem heats up and a new buy less, buy better mentality emerges, you may have noticed a new trend in shopping, which isn't shopping at all, actually, it's renting. My guest today is Victoria Prue co-founder and CEO of Her Collective, the UK's first peer-to-peer rental platform, which Forbes called the Airbnb of fashion. Thanks for joining me, Victoria. Thanks for having me. Really excited. Let's begin at the end and explain to our listeners what Her is and how it works. So we are essentially trying to build the Airbnb of fashion. So rather than us buying clothes and renting them to the consumer, we're instead a tech company and we basically provide, a bit like Airbnb, the platform that allows women to come on and rent and lend their wardrobes. So we are essentially a two-sided marketplace where women, on the one hand, can monetize all of the things in our wardrobes. I'm sure we're all guilty um, of having those pieces that don't get enough love. And on the other hand, um, can rent amazing designer pieces um, that they can wear a couple of times um, and send back. So um, we're really championing sustainable fashion um, and it's been a busy two years ever since we co-founded the company. Where did the idea come from in the first place? So my background is actually quite corporate. I trained as a chartered surveyor. Um, but before that, when I was an undergraduate, I had run a tech company that ended up doing quite well. And so that entrepreneurial seed had, had been planted pretty early on. Um, and the moment I, I could leave to co-found her, I did. Um, and we, my co-founder and I just kind of witnessed this massive rise and disruption of the sharing economy. I mean, Airbnb and Uber and just it's just changing the way that we live. Um, we're called Generation Rent for a reason people are accessing um, well people are prizing access over ownership and just don't have that same kind of mentality of needing to own things anymore so we looked very closely at the sharing economy space and then moved on to the fashion industry and just came to the conclusion that there must be a better way to do fashion it's obviously one of the world's most polluting industries and we live in a generation where people want to wear things a couple of times and then what do you do with them um the more we started looking into it we thought okay here's a, here's an industry that we can try and disrupt and 
Where did you meet your co-founder and what's his role in all of this? So my co-founder um, and I are actually family friends. Um, he is South African. They then emigrated over to Australia before they came to London. Um, and I somehow managed to persuade him to leave his PhD at Oxford. He was studying maths and scientific computing um, and said, OK, you know a lot about maths. Why don't you come and help me set this up? Um, and we spent a year basically building her from line one of code. Um, he built the back end and I taught myself basically how to build a f- the front end of a website um, and it took us nearly a year to um, build the tech um, in terms of the platform it is as functional as Airbnb and that that comes at <laughs> quite a, a complexity and, and, and definitely took a long time but we finally got there. And what was that was that just the two of you in a room together? What did that look like, that year of building? Yeah, it was pretty lonely, to be honest. Um, it was in a basement uh, where we kind of go between coffee shops. Um, we used to work in the Google campus um, up in Shoreditch, um, which provide free office space for tech companies. Um, so we were between there and, and then our favourite coffee shops, really. Um, we couldn't justify uh, spending money on, on offices. We were self-funding the company. Um, and, and we built it, yeah, just the two of us, really. That was the only thing we focused on for a whole year was the product and the process um and yeah it, it took a while and then you launched this spring yes so in uh, february this year um we launched the public so we spent the last year year and a half testing the idea in what they call beta so the idea is you you try out your product on family and friends and get as much feedback as you possibly possibly can um which meant that when we launched the public in march this year um our product was seamless so to speak still still got a few you know teething issues as any startup does um but but it was at a at a stage where we could really start scaling and get getting people on board so yeah we launched the public in february march this year i mean i imagine it's very varied but do you have an average day what does that look like I try to get up early um, and I'm in the office by 8 o'clock. Everyone else gets in for 8.30 um, and I'm very nice. I buy everyone their morning coffee. And, Do you? And we sit there and for 15 minutes have a latte and really recap on everything that we want to do that day or what's going on in the market, etc. Um, and lunch breaks don't really exist. Um, someone normally has to bring me back something just so that I can eat it at my desk. Um, but kind of come 5.45, 6 o'clock, I want everyone out the door. I think it's really important that your team um well and for for my own sanity you actually have a bit of an evening um I really try and do you know at least like a bit of walking or uh, a hit class or a yoga class and just try and have a bit of an hour um and then I'm normally kind of fed ready to start back again about probably seven thirty eight, and then I normally work kind of eight until ten thirty, which is my most productive two hours of my day um where I can really kind of focus um and I do that probably Monday to Wednesday and then Thursday night I might treat myself to to a dinner or do something a bit more exciting um, and at the moment with with our pop-up running it's a slightly seven day a week job but but generally I'm, I'm pretty good at having um, Sundays off uh, completely off the grid phones off so just the six days yeah normally just, just the six days <laughs> on on Sunday it's my slight day of rest um, and my phone's off and and it's a bit of meantime so what is it about a peer-to-peer platform, your peer-to-peer platform, that is different and better than the traditional fashion rental sites? So um, the B2C model has been done incredibly well. Um, if you look at the likes of Rent the Runway, who are the leading player in, in the US, they're now valued at a billion dollars. So they're a unicorn company. That I think they have over, over 11 million users. It's absolutely massive for a 10-year-old company. So we thought, 
kind of how can we be part of this amazing rental revolution but but without building another rent the runway um so we looked really closely at the peer-to-peer space my passion and background was tech so was matt my co-founder um so what we wanted to build was a tech company rather than an operations company which is essentially um you know rent the runway have the biggest dry cleaning facilities in the whole of the united states um so we wanted to kind of use our expertise and, and create something that was similar um, and built on a similar concept but with a different value proposition um, so what really differentiates us is our technology and the tech that we use um, our site is as functional as Airbnb it's taken a long time to build and it's really that IP that differentiates us hugely and in terms of someone using it I mean you rent your clothes out and you also rent clothes for special occasions you know what what are the key occasions that someone might rent a dress or what have you noticed people's kind of renting patterns are? Yeah, it's really fascinating. I think in the UK, we're still in a mindset that you might rent for a wedding or Henley or Ascot or any of these kind of big once a year events. Um, And actually, our number one reason for rental is holiday wardrobes. So we found the time that our users or or members really turn to fast fashion is when they're in a last minute panic. They've got a holiday coming up and they go out to the high street to buy some dresses or they go on ASOS and buy 10 dresses. Um, So we kind of really worked around that pain point. um, And for the more organised members of of, of, of her, um, you can book your outfits up to six months in advance. So we already have a number of users, in fact, probably a couple hundred that have rented their their, uh, New Year's Eve party outfits, which is... Already? Which is pretty impressive. Um, (laughs) But anyway, going back to holidays. So holidays is our number one reason for renting. It's a time where people turn to fast fashion. People are in a bit of a panic, but they also want to wear things for a couple of times, a couple of weeks, and then not worry about it. Um, So that's been really fascinating. We've given a lot of our stock to kind of that spring-summer wardrobe. Um, People go on holiday all year round now. We've just had half term, so we've seen a massive tick up then. Um, and, And for us incorporating renting into your everyday lifestyle is is basically my main mission. Um, I'm a big believer that we can build our wardrobes full of kind of high quality capsule, you know, your cashmere jumpers and your jeans and your t-shirts and you should be able to rent the rest. Um, a lot of people um, on our site rent for every day so, you know, they've got a work interview or they just want to feel a bit better on their way to work. Um, so for us, this isn't just a high days and holidays game. This is a, you know, something that you should be able to incorporate into your everyday lifestyle. So once you scrolled through and you found something that you want to borrow, what do you do next? So exactly like you say, we've really tried to make it look like e-commerce. We want to make it aspirational um, and something that people really talk about and, and are excited about rather than a kind of hidden hidden secret. You know, our, our members are really smug that they spent £30 on a dress that cost, you know, RRP was 300 And um, so exactly like e-commerce you scroll through and then when you found your item uh, a lot of our users talk before they put transactions through as if you might do on if you were on a kind of rental uh, on a resale platform vestiaire ebay etc um, and then once our users have spoken to each other asked any questions you put through a request um, and then the lender um, so if you rented my dress um, i have 48 hours to say yes or no um, a lot of our lenders obviously reply much quicker than that because they've got someone that wants to rent their item we 
do a lot of kind of same day and next day, uh, really, really super on demand, particularly in London at the moment. Um, and it's really as easy as that. So you submit a request to rent, you speak, um, and then there are three options in terms of the kind of logistics. So the first is actually meeting up um, in a public place. Um, the second is postage. The vast majority of our items go through post. It's really important to us that her is not just a, a, a London-centric company. Um, we have users in in Suffolk, in Newcastle, and Bristol, Brighton, you name it. Um, so using the traditional post system obviously works well. And then the third is a courier service that we use in London, which cycles items kind of across London, um, which means that we've kind of given every op- every option and then our users can decide the, the logistics, what they care about. Is it is it a courier service that they'll pay more for or are they actually willing to just go 10, 15 minutes to, to Waterloo Station and collect a dress? And a high percentage of our users do actually do that. And then in terms of money, how much are people paying... To borrow a piece. So when you list your item on her, um, we have an algorithm that tells you roughly how much it should rent at for a weekly rent uh, or a weekly rate. Um, it tends to be in the, the kind of sphere of 10 to 20 percent. So roughly 10, 15, 20 percent RRP for the week. Um, so if you had a 200 pound dress, generally you'd see it renting at kind of 30, 40, 45 pounds a week, um, which makes it at a price point that's as attainable as as the fast fashion um, equivalent. So ultimately, pricing is up to the user, but we kind of give them a bit of guidance on that. Um, and it's it's really as easy as that. The, the user has control. So if you listed your dress tomorrow, you might decide to lower the cost and, and build up your reputation on her, um, or you might decide to put it slightly above. It's completely at your, your, your control. Do you find that people are using rental as a way to try out brands that they maybe couldn't afford otherwise? Or is it more accessible brands that people are renting, but maybe pieces that you don't need in your kind of everyday wardrobe? Yeah, it's a fascinating question. Um, I think what we've seen over the last 10 years with Rent the Runway is that brands, uh, well, Rent the Runway renting brands, it, it doesn't cannibalise sales at all. What it does is open up this whole new group of people that could never afford that designer item and get a more millennial audience engaged with a brand. Um, so we definitely have started to see that. Statistically, if you rent something, you are more likely to go on to then purchase it when you've you know had that amazing experience and worn that amazing dress whatever it is um so i think there's a large part of this um is trying new things trying new brands but also this is this is kind of democratizing luxury this is i would never spend 500 pounds on a dress but i can rent it for 50 60 70 or i'd never spend 300 pounds or 150 pounds on a dress but i would spend 20 30 um so i think changing up your wardrobe is part of this but but definitely this is coming across new brands, cool brands, emerging designers and and getting to know them, definitely. Do you think this is a generational thing? Because you're a millennial yourself, aren't you? I am, yes. Um, I'd say I was very much the target market for her. So our uh, current user base is largely millennial. So um, these are users who are pretty savvy. They've used Airbnb before. They use resale sites. Um, 
typically they're in the kind of 25 to 35 range, which which makes them millennial. Um, but we find that the lenders, so the people with the items that they're lending out, um, tend to be slightly uh, older because they've built up wardrobes over the years and have a slightly higher disposable income. And then the renters are slightly younger, kind of 20 to 30. Um, and they're the ones that are trying to access these amazing designer pieces. How many users do you have now? We're now into the thousands. We have built, we've up until now, operated on, on a waiting list system. Um, and we've built a completely organic waiting list of close to 10,000 users since we launched in March, um, which has been crazy and, and quicker in terms of demand than I ever could have hoped for. Um, and now we're at a stage where we're really starting to, to, to open up the platform to everyone and anyone, making sure our processes are in place um, and really starting to scale kind of across the UK rather than just being just London. And I guess that's important as well for having size diversity, uh, because the more users you have, I guess, the, the more variety in terms of having size 18, size 6, you know, anything anyone could be looking for, um, rather than, I imagine when you kind of launch in London, perhaps, you just get the average sizes and not very much on either side. Yeah, Is that the case? it's an interesting question. Um, I think rental generally kind of across you know, the UK and, and, and especially in Aust- America and Australia um, has come under a lot of heat in terms of sizing. Um, but I think that's because the brands on that B2C model, a brand has to justify the cost of buying that piece. Whereas I guess the beauty with our model is that anyone and anything can be listed. Well, the person can't be listed. The item, any item can be listed on her um, as long as it hits our criteria. So I actually think we've done quite a good job. Now we're starting to, we get on average about 100 to 200 new arrivals a day at the moment, which means that we're getting really nice kind of spread across sizing exactly to your point um, but also style and item and making sure that it's not just dresses and that it's statement earrings and you know handbags and ski jackets um, and and sizing is something we've been pretty proactive about we have a number of quite high profile curvy models that, that lend their stuff through our site um, and it's really important to to me my background's not fashion um, and that this is accessible and that this is you know, for everyone and that we can cater for the person that wants a vintage piece and the person wants the most current piece and and all the different sizes of that. What's the best part of your job? Good, good question. <laughs> um, it's not it's not all too stressful. Well, there's a lot of stress, but um, I think the most exciting thing is Two years ago, we were we were sat in a room hoping that one day the world would wake up to sustainable fashion. And we were laughed out of the room, to be honest, with some pretty senior people who said it's a trend. And we said, no, it's a movement. And they said, no, it's a trend. And here we are two years later where fast fashion is on the front page of every newspaper. Um, people are really seriously looking at their carbon footprint of their wardrobe, different alternatives to, to buying, whether it's resale, rental, you know, upcycling. There's so much exciting disruption in the space. And I'm just glad that we're kind of part, I hope, of the solution rather than contributing to the problem. And there's a lot of doom and gloom, but actually there's some really exciting stuff happening in the sustainable fashion space. I meet great entrepreneurs all day, every day who are trying to solve amazing problems, whether it's fabrics or, or by tech um, or AI. There's so much going on. Um, it definitely gets you, gives you a reason, I guess, to get out of bed every morning. And on the other side of that coin, what's the worst part of your job? I think 
it comes with huge responsibility running a team and 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 being accountable to to a brand um you know we're we're still learning all day every day um and i feel very accountable for for my team and and not putting them under too much stress and pressure and really celebrating the highs and i think that when you're in a startup and things change so quickly all the time it's sometimes difficult to really celebrate the small successes because you're always on to the next big thing um, so I'm really trying to focus at the moment not just looking forward and actually taking the time to to you know really celebrate a massive win that we've had a massive collaboration whatever it is um, because I think you can go at 100 miles an hour and we really do go at 100 miles an hour but you know if if you don't ever stop and really think about things I think you know you, you run on a high level of adrenaline which is probably not not too good for you. Do you have a work-life balance at the moment? No, not at the moment. <laughs> um, in the last month, we're with our pop-up launching. It's a it's a seven-day job, um, but I want to be there every day. I want to meet our consumers. I saw um, on Instagram you in overalls painting the pop-up space yourself. Yep, Saturday night, 10 o'clock. I was the only employee uh, or member of my team in the pop-up painting the floor pink. Um, but... but it's all part of it. For me, this is what I want to focus on. This is my my main goal, um, and I'm really driven to make it to make it a huge success and, and to continue on the kind of trajectory that we are. Um, I am pretty good at self care, so looking after myself, I'm I'm conscious that health is health is wealth. So I do really try and look after myself. Um, but in terms of balance, I've probably lost a bit of balance if I'm honest at the moment. <laughs> Have you started taking a salary yet? Good question. Um, I actually took my first salary uh, last month. So, Congratulations! Um, yeah, after nearly two years, it's been a been an exciting time. Um, I haven't actually spent it yet because I'm saving up for something great, but I can't decide what. <laughs> okay, what's on the possible list? I guess after two years, you it's quite a long list. Well, I think obviously everything I have to buy, if I am going to buy new things, it's got to be to rent on her. Um, and obviously, I've got a bit of an inside scoop on the brands that people want to see and what's renting well. So I'm definitely, I've got a few wish lists um, and quite a big vestiaire collective basket that I'm looking to buy. Um, Depop, I also love Depop and eBay. So um, I'll definitely be treating myself to a few things, maybe okay. once the pop-up's over. Very savvy. Where would you like her to be in two years or five years? What's the plan? So for the next six months for us, a real focus is on building our communities outside of London. Um, we've really got users, as, as I mentioned, kind of across the UK. But I really want to focus on building communities in, in those kind of key cities outside of London. Um, so that's definitely a focus. Um, we've also had a lot of interest from menswear. Um, so watch this space. Um, and there is just so many verticals that we're now starting to consider. So maternity wear is also a massive, massive market for us um a lot of our users are are crying out for us to have a maternity edit so we're looking at lots of different areas and kind of directions that we can take her but but growing our community spreading the message particularly outside london um and then potentially considering international expansion is 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 on the horizon too but um yeah there's a lot going on what advice would you give for someone with an idea someone who's you know sitting at home drawing up their plan for their app or their website or, you know, whatever it is, who wants to start their own business? I love this question. Um, For me, 
an idea is only like everyone can tell you that you have a great idea your parents will tell you you have a great idea your friends will your godmother will tell you have a great idea but until someone pays money for your idea or your product you don't have a business so my top tip to anyone who's considering starting a business is even if you can get 10 people to put their credit card details in and pay for your product or go on your website and pay 10 pounds for your gift or whatever it is that's when you actually have a business um and that was probably the best advice i was given is that you know you've got you've got your family to tell you how great you are until you can get people over that transacting line even though it's not ever going to be glossy that's really really key and it just stands you in a much better way for you know if you go and pitch for for money or you're looking for a co-founder or you're you know wondering if you do have a business the moment that you can get someone transacting on your site in my eyes that's when you have a business thanks so much victoria that's all we've got time for if you're listening to this before the end of november 2019 you can visit the hair collective pop-up in london at victoria what's the address it's 141 Ebury Street. We're five minutes from either Victoria Station or Sloan Square Station. And no doubt you will find Victoria there. <laughs> Seven days a week. We'll be back with a new episode in a fortnight. But until then, join the conversation by emailing us at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk and find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans. You can also sign up for 30 days free access to all of our online content at telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion unzipped sub. And while you're there, Emily Cronin has actually tried out some fashion rental sites and rented a wardrobe for the front rows of Fashion Week, no less. We'll put the link to that in the bio, along with the link to the Her Collective website, Her Collective, H-U-R-R dot com. Thanks for listening. Listener.